So, Alex, I am not as much of a gamer as you are, but there is one game that has been a constant throughout my life, and that is The Sims. Quaffica Abimo? I know that The Sims is not the metaverse because there's not a social aspect. You can't share a house with your friends. But a lot of it does remind me of the metaverses we've seen in Roblox and Decentraland. There's no real plot to The Sims. You just hang out and make up stories. It's translating life to a virtual space. And you have an avatar that you can customize to your heart's content. And believe me, I do that. Of those many, many hours I've played, most of them have probably been spent on that create-a-sim page, perfecting my character's look. Even in Decentraland, when I was getting ready for the music festival, the thing I spent the most time on was picking out my outfit. We know that the furries in VRF Gym go all out on their avatars, but what about the people who want to dress more realistically, who want to translate their real-life clothes into the virtual world? Which brings me to my question. Is there fashion in the metaverse? I'm Alexander Lee, a reporter for Digiday covering gaming, esports, and the metaverse. And I'm Sarah Patterson, an audio producer for Digiday. So, Alex, is there fashion in the metaverse? We've established three basic ground rules for what makes something part of the metaverse. One, it requires a user to control an avatar that represents themselves in some way. Two, it translates some kind of physical experience into virtual space. And three, there's some kind of social or multiplayer aspect inherent to the experience. Fashion certainly touches on all three of those. Your avatar will need to be wearing something. And just like in the physical world, the way your avatar looks will be the first impression other people will have when you socialize with them. But, you know, I'm actually not the best person to ask about this. This week, I'm passing the reins over to Glossy's international fashion reporter, Zofia Zviklinska, who looks at the fashion industry and how technology is being integrated there. As part of my work for Glossy, I've been looking at what the metaverse is for the fashion industry. Similarly to you both, I'm a gamer, and when I was younger, I played games like Stardoll or virtual dress-up games. So I'm intimately familiar with virtual spaces, digital clothes, and even running a made-up fashion business. And while a lot of gaming can be thought of as quite male, fashion-focused games like The Sims are decidedly more female. I think 60% of its gamers are female. Sarah, didn't you say that you spent most of your time on Sims picking out outfits? Oh, yeah. And I think my experience is a common one of spending hours making your Sims, picking out their outfits, designing the house, and then actually playing the game for a little bit before you get bored and just start the whole thing over again and make a new one. A game like The Sims is all about creating and storytelling. It is a virtual dollhouse, very similar to Roblox in that way. And I do think that fashion is the first step in really figuring out who your character is. So are they artsy? Are they a jock? Are they more professional? The way you represent all of that is through what they wear. And so the fun part for me was always using their outfits to figure out who they are. Yeah, and real-life fashion is also kind of focused on self-expression. Every one of us kind of picks an aspect of our personality that we want to showcase through our clothes every day. 
And it's no surprise that the metaverse kind of no limits approach to clothing that defies the rules of what is possible in the real world is really attractive in digital spaces. So what is a no limits version of fashion? What is fashion in the metaverse? Yeah, I think the most common example of dressing for the metaverse is this idea of a dress on fire, which I think is most famously seen in the film The Hunger Games. But I do think to get a proper answer, you need to look back a couple of years. Fashion underwent this massive shift during the pandemic with more Zoom meetings and digital socializing than ever before. So it's no surprise to me anyway that the biggest winners of the pandemic in terms of brands were the brands that made sweatpants. Oh, absolutely. I exclusively wear soft pants during the workday. Nobody sees me outside of my little Zoom box, so I don't have to worry so much about what I wear, which is a pretty major departure from how I used to dress when I would go into an office every day. I would wear slacks and a nice shirt. It wasn't always the most comfortable, but it looked professional. But now nobody sees me, so I don't have to put much thought into it, and the main thing is just comfort. Yeah, and I'm exactly the same. I don't think I've actually come out of sweatpants unless I'm going to an event. That's basically been my outfit of choice for the last three years. And I think that's only going to keep increasing more and more as people end up spending more time in the metaverse or in digital worlds. They'll basically start caring more about what their avatars are wearing, since that's what people will be seeing. And when I first went into Decentraland, I changed my outfit a couple of times. I didn't like what they gave you as the kind of basic standard. But to me, digital fashion has always been important. Whenever I played games, that was a really important thing, to look the part of whatever I wanted to be in that game. And all of these avatars and virtual worlds will probably need to wear something. And brands and big gaming companies are very aware of that. Luxury House LVMH and even Nike have been getting into these partnerships with the Fortnite creator Epic Games. And fashion in general has a pretty long-standing history with gaming that goes beyond the experiences that we see nowadays in Roblox and in Decentraland. So designer brand Prada had a virtual experience all the way back in 2016. And I think they're one of the early ones in that space. Louis Vuitton brought a Final Fantasy character called Storm into one of its ad campaigns that same year. And they've done a number of different things with gaming companies, including designing an LV monogram trunk for League of Legends in 2019. So big brands have already seen this opportunity in gaming, and they've been launching in the metaverse in many different ways over the last couple of years. It's one thing to go with the free default choices that places like Decentraland offer, that's what I went with when I was in Decentraland. I didn't want to spend real money on it. So there were, I think, maybe like half a dozen choices of different outfits, and I just went with one of those. But who are the people who are going out of their way to buy designer fashion for their avatars? I think right now it's the people who are taking the metaverse seriously that are buying up these digital fashion pieces. Kids in Roblox and Fortnite might spend $10 here and there on new skins just to switch things up. But only a real handful of people are spending luxury level prices for pieces that they usually can't even wear in real life. Yeah, the VRF gym users who we met in a previous episode, they spent a lot of time and a lot of money creating their custom furry avatars. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people are like that. They're just putting more effort into their digital counterparts, almost to the same level or perhaps even more than what they would do with their physical pieces. And one of the people that I know that has been buying more expensive avatar fashion is Kathy Hackle, who's been called the godmother of the metaverse, and she's also the founder of Web3 jewelry brand Verslux. She's become a kind of leader in the fashion metaverse space, and she works with brands to hone their metaverse strategies. As part of her job, she visits events and does speaking engagements in virtual spaces, making her one of the few people who really needs to be wearing something quite impressive to stand out. And it also doesn't hurt that she's an avid digital fashion collector. I think it's about exploring who you are and, and who you want to be or or anything. Like for me, it's really fun to go into these virtual spaces and dress in things that I would normally not wear in the physical world or that I can't wear in the physical world, right? Every time you talk to someone in digital fashion, they'll always give you the example of someone with a dress on fire. So it's like, why are we so obsessed with this? Or, you know, obviously we cannot do that in the, in, you know, in, in the physical world because that would be very dangerous. But yeah, I think that there's this element of, of fantasizing about who we can become beyond the limits of our physical form. Because, you know, not all of us are, you know, six feet tall models, <laughs> but I can experiment and I can wear crazy things and I can do crazy things with my hair and my outfit. And I think that there's, there's a level of empowerment there. Um, that is exciting, that allows us to be more fluid with our own, you know, with our own selves. Um, so yeah, it's it's liberating in, in a sense and empowering to me personally. So she's worn digital fashion at Decentraland Fashion Week and in Spatial. And she recently worked with fashion designer Vivienne Tam to get fitted with a digital kipao for her appearance at Metaverse Fashion Week. Yeah, so I mean, I've always been a, a fan of Vivian uh, Vivian's work, um, especially when I started to see her embrace Web three. I think it was September Fashion Week, uh, September twenty twenty two, that she had all these gorgeous, you know, prints with bored apes uh, walking, you know, walking the walking the runway, and that really caught my attention. I knew of her before, but that really caught my attention. I said, this designer gets that Web three is important, and that Web three is going to impact culture. We have managed to avoid talking about Web3 and NFTs so far, mainly because we've all come to learn that NFTs are worthless. But Kathy thinks that they are going to impact culture. And I do know that it is a part of the metaverse, so let's talk about them. What is Web3 and what are NFTs? Great question. Um, so Web3 is meant to be this next iteration of the internet that is both interoperable and decentralized. What we have right now is Web 2.0 with all of its social media platforms like Instagram, X, formerly Twitter, and TikTok. And what is to come is Web3. So that brings in one-of-a-kind ownership and private property through collectibles or NFTs into the next stage of the internet. And what do they have to do with our definition of the metaverse, the one that we've been working with so far? You know, a virtual translation of a physical experience where you have an avatar and can interact with others. Where do NFTs come into that? Well, because things on the internet are usually quite ephemeral, like they can disappear at any point. And people want to make these digital objects more permanent, essentially adding to their value through this longevity aspect. And digital items, including digital fashion, can become more than just like a skin by placing them on the blockchain, which is essentially just like a very 
long-term hold system, essentially making it so that the digital object becomes permanent. That way, the items that people like Kathy collect don't just have value in their design, they also become a part of fashion history. A part of the reason that I wanted to to purchase it was because I'm starting to see myself more as a collector of fashion NFTs. I see them as, as historical artifacts of sorts, right? I see them as moments in time related to the fashion industry, just like people have a lot of like, um, you know, dresses that they've worn or famous dresses like, you know, a Marilyn Monroe dress or, you know, uh, uh, you know, one of the dresses that Karl Lagerfeld's known for. I wanted to start to see what, what are those archives going to look like in the future? And to me, these, you know, these CFDA NFTs are part of that legacy. Virtual couture imitates how couture works in the real world by making it an NFT where only one original outfit exists. Yeah, so it's the Board Ape Yacht Club Mandala Embroidered Kipau Gown. It's beautiful. You know, the NFT is the dress. And it has this pattern of the Board Ape Yacht Club, uh, some some board apes that are owned by a friend of Vivian. Um, so she put them into this beautiful dress. It's flowy. It's colorful. It's almost like you see the dress and you want to be in a tropical destination. <laughs> so I don't know. I did, there's something beautiful about it, about how it's composed and how it looks as an NFT. So, um, so yeah, I mean, when I was thinking about year two of Metaverse Fashion Week, uh, I had been the chairperson for year one, and I had shown up in this beautiful uh, wedding gown, you know, <laughs> um, that was created by a designer that's actually legally blind. Uh, you know, I was making a statement with what I was wearing. And this year I said, well, I'm not the chair this year, but I still want to participate. And I want to show up in virtual couture. This is really what I call virtual couture beyond just digital fashion. And just like traditional couture, virtual couture comes at a hefty price. Kathy paid $15,000 for her NFT, but that price is worth it to her. It's not just a dress to wear for this one event, it's a piece of fashion history. I have a lot of plans for the dress, right? Uh, in different celebrations, different forms. And, and like to me, like I said, this is an item, it's not a mass market item. It's an item that I view as virtual couture. Once again, that's why to me it is virtual couture, not just a mass market digital fashion item. Um, and also for me, like I said, this is a collector's piece. This is how I view this NFT. Uh, I, I view it as part of that archive in the future of where was fashion back in 2023 and 2022. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm just imagining like a, a digital fashion exhibition at the Met, maybe in, in a couple, well, I don't know how many years it would take, but 50 years time, there'll be a digital fashion exhibition at the Met. I think maybe in the next five years, you'll start to see some of the names in virtual fashion potentially get invited. Um, not probably not next year, but I, I do think some of us will eventually make it there. I cannot wrap my head around spending $15,000 on any one thing, let alone a piece of clothing, let alone digital clothing. I'm just going to put this out there to our listeners. If any of you have that money laying around, I have suggestions for much more useful things to do with it. Yeah, I think it's not something that I see myself doing for digital outfits, but they can also function as investment pieces. The metaverse can also be a place where people work together and designing experiences and fashion pieces in the digital world is already becoming really commonplace. So maybe spending this much on digital fashion is a shrewd investment for the future. 
So Cathy wore Vivienne's dress to Metaverse Fashion Week. Yes, the fashion world is so entwined in the Metaverse now that it's brought its most well-known event, Fashion Week, to Decentraland in 2022. Over 100,000 people attended it that year. However, this year, attendance was down by about 70% to just 26,000 total, even despite major brands like Coach, Nike, and Adidas having experiences on the platform. And Metaverse Fashion Week is similar to a regular fashion week. There's fashion shows, retail experiences, and of course, a lot of clothes. I know you've never been to a fashion week in real life, Sarah, so I figured this would be a good way for you to dip your toes into the world of digital fashion. So I returned to Decentraland, where I gotta say, we ran into some of the same issues I did the first time around at the music festival. I mean, it's better than last year. Like last year, you didn't even have like the maps that are stationed around or like that little schedule that you had there. Like Mm. that wasn't there. So you weren't even able to like teleport to the same location at the same time. You just had to like walk around and guess which (laughs) exhibits are going to be the good ones. One of these experiences was created by Coach and Coach has been trying to get in with a younger demographic for a while now. One of these ways is through Decentraland, where the cult tabby bag became the centerpiece of a massive pink diorama of New York, coupled with an alien abduction beam for a close encounter with the coach experience in Decentraland. Users moved their avatars under a virtual replica of the tabby that teleported them into Coach's Fashion Week experience. Okay, stand under the tabby. Yeah, so the tabby is the bag. Like, this is like a really popular bag that they have. Oh, that okay. They've basically released. All right, I am in the space. Oh my god, I see you, but oh. like, I don't see the. Oh my god, it's very world. like um, <laughs> very like uh, like I don't know if you've seen Nope, the Jordan Peele movie, where like no, everybody just I gets. Oh. <laughs> it's just like an alien that like everybody gets sucked up into. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the idea. Yeah. I, mean, I think that they're they're trying to make it definitely like an alien world. The game within the coach alien spaceship was a basic treasure hunt, jumping from portal to portal to collect the tabby bags. If the user collected all of them, they were able to receive a special ring light outfit decoration and a unique move that users could show off in their interactions with other people in Decentraland. Um, and I think you can collect the bags um, up on each of those platforms. There's like little bags that you get through, mm. so you click on them and you can claim it. I will say there's somebody wearing the exact same outfit as me, which is <laughs> Did very you, embarrassing kind of for a fashion week. <laughs> I feel like that's a big no-no. I ran into somebody wearing the same short overalls as me. And I guess that's what you get for going with one of the free outfits. But that was not an issue for you. Yeah, I think that kind of feeds into that FOMO from the real world. You never really want to turn up to the event wearing the same outfit as someone else. So it makes you think about wearing something that really kind of expresses your personality. And for this Metaverse Fashion Week, I chose to go with something from the Institute of Digital Fashion, which offered this particular kind of dress um, that I was able to wear just for this event. And it's a collaboration with an actual kind of physical designer um, from the UK called Bradley Sharp. 
and he's been experimenting with digital fashion. And there's a couple of designers like him who are testing the waters with digital fashion while still maintaining their physical collections. So it's completely black. It's got these like black glasses on and this like textured feel to the material of the dress, which I think was quite unique because materials, textures are really hard to express in Decentraland. Yeah, it was straight out of the Matrix. Have you found that the people who are going to these events are more dressed up and have fancier digital fashion than other digital events you've been to? Yeah, I think so. Especially this year, it just seems like there's been more individuals who have made their outfits interesting with personal style elements and accessories. I think Decentraland didn't even offer accessories in a big way before, so that has really grown. These people just want to be wearing something really cool, something that pushes that digital fashion space forward. And people are definitely wearing items that are more customized to them now. Virtual Couture lets them basically showcase their individuality a bit more nowadays. Yeah, I'm, there's somebody near me now. They're wearing like a dress that looks like it's made out of like ribbons, like like fabric ribbons, and then are wearing a, a huge pink flamingo like pool float around their waist. Oh, interesting. Just like New York Fashion Week or London Fashion Week, Metaverse Fashion Week is an opportunity for people like Kathy to show off what they've bought. It's a place where other people can buy stuff, but most importantly, it's a place where designers can showcase their work. There are plenty of fashion designers now who are creating things specifically for the Metaverse. These people don't work under names like Louis Vuitton or Coach. They don't have $15,000 budgets. Some of them don't even have any fashion design education. And after the break, we'll meet a couple of them. Ashwini Deshpande has a classic fashion design background from a university in London. And now she works as a digital fashion designer at Meta. Meta brought out a whole wardrobe selection called the Avatar Store for its avatars on Instagram and for calls. Ashwini works both on the current projects and future design projects for the company. I wasn't the best at sewing. I didn't have the patience to sew. So I was always on the lookout for, you know, other options and and more kind of different ways of doing these same processes. And it did feel like a lot of the, the fashion industry was very manual compared to a lot of other industries out there. So when I was doing internships and things as well, we would still manually trace off patterns and things. And it just felt like not the most efficient way of doing things. Um, And that's when I started exploring technology. That exploration of technology was only emboldened when COVID hit. Ashwini was in her final year of university. Um, And it was the perfect opportunity to explore digital fashion further because we clearly saw that the fashion brands that were able to digitize quickly, that were agile in their methods, were able to kind of survive um, and overcome the hurdles of the pandemic, whereas the ones that were fully manual really struggled with it because supply chains are very global. And if you're not able to travel across countries, it is very difficult to get those processes done. So that's when I really started um, looking at digital fashion, working with digital fashion, and yeah, ended up making a fully digital fashion collection my final year. And I haven't looked back since. It's been fully digital ever since. 
There is, of course, a different skill set that comes with digital design. Ashwini spends her time in front of a laptop instead of a sewing machine. She uses programs like Clo3D and Browseware to go from designing the smallest elements on a garment, like the buttons, all the way through to draping, cutting, and sewing, much like real-life fashion design. Kind of depends on what I'm trying to achieve. I think if I'm trying to make like you know crazy butterfly wings or something, it's usually Clo3D I tend to. Um, whereas Browseware is more for like the realistic, um, just like the truth, <laughs> where you may not have the most beautiful looking drape, but that's the reality of if you cut that out, that's how it's going to look in real life. Blender is like a free 3D platform. Um, and it's, well, I wouldn't say it's the easiest to use. I don't particularly love Blender, but there are a lot of tutorials out there. So um, yeah, I just kind of learn how to do what I need to do within Blender. So I kind of have a base of grasp of it. So I do things like editing buttons and stuff on there, or if like I want a new kind of buckle or something like that, that's all within Blender. In terms of like fabrics and textures, initially I'll usually go into Photoshop if I want a new texture, just kind of, you know, draw on there, create like a print and things like that. But if I want something a little more complicated, if I want to actually create like a whole manual texture, then I'll usually do that within Substance, something like Substance Alchemist which is, yeah, really great to kind of create that 3D effect on textures. Like if you want a specific kind of satin or silk or wool or whatever it is you want. According to Ashwini, the process of digital fashion design is not the same for everyone, especially since many digital fashion designers are self-taught, leading to different techniques and tool uses. If I have a vague idea of what I want to make, I'd probably start off using like digital pins to pin digital fabric onto the avatar just by like draping and things, um, trying out different fabrics, um, seeing how those things drape, and then kind of from there uh, designing what I actually want and kind of almost like a final product. And then I'd usually import a set of blocks um, as you would do in the physical fashion world. You normally start off by tracing blocks. Um, and so that's what I do in the digital fashion world as well. So I have my standard set of blocks that I use um, so I'd import those and then I'd start pattern cutting with those, um, doing all of the usual pattern cutting processes that you would do in the physical world, but digitally. As I go, I keep kind of sewing bits together on the mannequin, seeing if it fits. That wasn't the only similarity Ashwini noticed between digital and physical fashion design. For me, because I was working alongside classmates and peers who were designing physical fashion collections, I basically... Um, Every step that they were taking in the physical world, I was taking in the digital world with my collection. So whether that was pulling up a sketchbook and um, putting down inspiration images, drawing around it, all of that stuff I was doing digitally. And then when they started draping fabrics and testing different types of drapes on the mannequin, again, I was doing that digitally. While Ashwini's classmates were cutting patterns and sewing initial samples, she was doing the same things, just digitally but Ashwini also had options her classmates didn't. Instead of having to scout locations, she could create her own virtual environments for her final collection. She also didn't have to worry about budgets and resources either. I would imagine one major advantage to digital fashion is that you can never run out of material. You also aren't wasting any. I know the fashion industry has a pretty huge environmental impact. How would embracing digital fashion change that? Well, there are pretty significant environmental impacts of shifting from a physical to a digital wardrobe, and the production impact of the fashion industry plus the amount of items that gets thrown away every year is honestly absolutely mind-blowing. 
Substituting just 1% of physical clothing with digital garments can save 5 trillion litres of water and eliminate the annual carbon footprint of the fashion industry by 35 million tonnes, which is about equal to the total carbon emissions of Denmark in 2017. And since digital items don't use as many resources, that impact is smaller. However, it's not all sunshines and roses. So here's Ashwini explaining why. Like with any innovation um, or any technology, it can be used for the good and for the bad. I think if it's used in kind of an intentional way for the good, then it can have a huge positive impact on the the climate and the planet. But I think it can also be used for the bad. So I think the intention really matters. You can use this super fast kind of digital fashion production to amp up the speed of kind of making more collections, you know, having like new collections every single day. And I think, I'm not going to put names on it, but fast fashion companies, very fast fashion companies that we know about where you know, they very clearly have been making, you know, new collections literally every single day because now they're able to do it. But they literally put out pictures on the website of 3D renders and then people start buying them before those things have even been manufactured and then they're being churned out at this incredible pace. So I think it can be both positive and negative. Ultimately, these digital fashion powers can either be used to help or hinder how the industry operates. But it's such a big area of people's digital identities that fashion is becoming all the more important. But the spaces that fashion exists in are still a bit clunky, whether that is Decentraland or Roblox. We spent a lot of time in our other episodes talking about Roblox specifically. It's really where Gen Z and Gen Alpha, the metaverse natives, it's where they're spending their time. Mia, who we met in our first episode, put a lot of thought into what her Roblox avatar wore. She specifically picked out clothes that she would never wear in real life. She gave her avatar a different hair color than her own. It was her way of trying different things on. Yeah, Roblox is particularly interesting in terms of fashion because it has opened up these new revenue streams for teenagers who want to design items. And designers on Roblox can make tens of thousands of dollars a month creating these experiences and digital fashion collections. Brands have actually hired Roblox users to replicate their items within the platform, as well as creating new ones. Sam Jordan started creating games on the platform when he was in his teens before moving on to digital fashion. Now, he's one of the top-selling digital fashion designers on the platform. He's worked with brands like Stella McCartney, Burberry, and Rebecca Minkoff. Earlier this year, Elton John's team asked Sam to design a reimagining of an iconic Elton John look for him to wear during his Roblox concert. Other publications have reported back in 2021, Sam made a million dollars selling his designs. I've been creating games on the Roblox platform for over 10 years now. And, you know, in the last three or four, I found a lot of success in the digital fashion space. I'm one of the top selling fashion designers on Roblox. I've sold over 33 million digital fashion accessories of my own original designs. And I've also gone to work with a lot of amazing partners to help bring their brands to the Roblox platform. I joined Roblox around 2011 and largely just to play with my older brother. He liked the platform. He would always ask, Zach would ask me to play with him. And at first I didn't really get it, but the more I spent time on the platform, the more I realized it's more about hanging out 
and having fun and just having social spaces to laugh and make jokes than it is so much about serious gameplay and like other video games. And that social aspect of Roblox became really attractive to me. I grew up homeschooled and I didn't have many opportunities to socialize, you know, and being homeschooled and Roblox became my outlet. It became where I made friends, where I got to meet people. And we're back to the human co-experience part of Roblox that Craig Donato told us about. It's interesting to think about how Roblox and other metaverse platforms can replace school as the social headquarters for kids who are homeschooled or who had to go remote during COVID. When you were a kid going back to school, you put a lot of thought into that first day back to school look. I wonder if there will be a day that these metaverse native kids put more thought into what their avatars wear than what they do. I think it pulls in this question of whether fashion education, or even education more widely, still needs to happen between four walls. With so many tutorials online, designers can spend more time immersed in their own worlds through their computer. And a lot of these platforms are now making those design tools easier to use, so that people like Sam can focus on expressing their creativity rather than dealing with programs. In 2019, for example, Roblox opened their program for creators to make fashion items. It was the first time that users, and not just Roblox, were able to create clothes and accessories for avatars. As a result, many designers saw even more options for their items, like layered clothing, and more recently, the option to customize body shapes, skin tones, and hair. I made earrings for Roblox characters, and um, no one had ever made earrings before because Roblox characters don't have ears. And I tried to explain to people, it's not about making something that's perfect. It's about wearing something that you get to express that you've been excited about. And I did a lot of things where it was uh, first on the platform. I was the first creator to make items that are different for different player body types. Um, half of users use the female body type. No one had made clothing items that fit their body type before. Yeah, of course. And what's the like favorite thing that you've designed, either kind of for yourself or for one of the brands you've worked with? That is a hard question. Um, I think it would be, um, so I worked with Burberry to reimagine their Lola bag collection for Roblox. And we focused on, you know, fantasy themes and earthy themes, things that they couldn't really create in real life. So we made a bag that was made out of water. We made a bag that was made out of clouds. My favorite thing I've done is probably be the cloud bag. Um, it's one of my favorite pieces. I think it came out, you know, really creative. Yeah, I saw that. I think it was such a cool piece to see, like, the water flying down, the grass moving around. It was, yeah, it was really, really cool. And in terms of kind of starting, like, work with these brands, who were you kind of first approached by and how did that collaboration start? Well, you know, every brand has um, different... Um, interests from coming to the platform. Some brands come wanting to create a competitive business model where they'll generate revenue. Some come wanting to just do a more marketing introduction where they just get to meet players and introduce themselves to the brand. Or some want to create a live event that's one time and then they leave. And um, that's also fun. And, you know, it depends who you're what the brand's goal is will depend who reaches out and who you're working with, whether it's business development, whether it's marketing. It will depend, you know, what the brand's initial goals are between which person you'll be working with on the team. It seems like between working for brands and selling to people on the platform, Sam's work is very lucrative. But just like in the real world, trends come and go. As a result, designers have to stay on top of what people want and enjoy wearing digitally while spending off competition. 
So the Roblox fashion um, market is very volatile. You know, um, trends can live and die in a week. They can live and die in eight hours. To stay hot and to stay current with what this younger number wants, you have to constantly be creating. You have to constantly be innovating. You have to constantly be creatively marketing and creatively reaching out to an audience. And um, I definitely have done very well for myself over my time as a digital fashion artist on the platform. And I definitely see myself doing this for many more years into the future. Um, but it is it is competitive. You have to stay active. You know, when I started creating, um, there was about 100 uh, creators making fashion items on Roblox in the early days. Now there's millions. Um, so it's definitely become a lot more competitive landscape. It's definitely become... Something you have to continually innovate, continually reinvent yourself, continually be open to new technologies, new ideas, new learnings. Um, even the capabilities of the platform have grown so much more since I when I joined originally in like 2011. So you have to be open to continually learn, open to continually create. Yeah, of course. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this as a kind of possibility, but do you want to design any kind of physical items now that you have this, I would say, confidence in designing digital fashion too? Oh, 100%. You know, that's definitely something I see in my future. That's definitely something I want to experiment with and learn more about. I always approach things business ventures from a perspective of learning. I'm going to study first. I'm going to aggressively understand what I'm doing and learn. And I'm still in that learning phase when it comes to physical clothing and physical fashion. Uh, clearly in the design element, there's a lot of um, translation. But also there's um, a lot I don't know about manufacturing or merchandising or, or distribution. And I, I want to understand things before I do them. Yeah, of course. So are you thinking about possibly kind of starting your own brand like way, way in the future? Is that a consideration? If the stars align, if the stars align. <laughs> I am so curious to see where this new generation of fashion designers go. I wouldn't be surprised if someday soon we see a contestant on Project Runway whose main experience is designing for Roblox. Fashion and design is such a creative space, and it allows people to express themselves and create new versions of themselves. Artists like Lady Gaga and Madonna use fashion as a tool for reinvention all the time. And it's similar to a lot of what we heard from people in the metaverse, that it's a space that allows them to be their most authentic selves. But fashion designing can also be an inaccessible space. You need certain tools, certain education, money to buy fabric space to work with, everything. And I am all for that moving to a digital space without those same restrictions, where a kid like Sam can get that experience and start his career when he's still a teenager. Ashwini told us, all it takes is a laptop and a $50 subscription to a software to start designing digitally. A far cry from the $50,000 tuition at Parsons. Yeah, but I'm not convinced that the metaverse is a space for the traditional fashion industry quite yet. Contrary to what people might think, fashion is a surprisingly stubborn industry that's quite resistant to change, and it's still more used to sticking with what it knows, like designing for tall, skinny models, rather than designing for blocky characters on Roblox or the dinosaurs on Fortnite. More importantly, the general public is also not ready for dressing up for digital worlds either. 
the waning numbers of users attending the events is showing the fashion events are not much of a pull for customers, even with stores, games and dress up. Sometimes they're even more of a pull for brands as an ad opportunity. Right now, digital fashion is a space for three types of people. The collectors, like Kathy, who see NFTs as a way to archive a moment in cultural history and are willing to pay a lot of money for it. They see it as a way to preserve fashion in the museum sense, without an item ever being destroyed or needing a hermetically sealed room to store it. Then there are the metaverse natives. For Gen Z and Gen Alpha, there are logical reasons why digital fashion is valuable. Climate change is the number one existential crisis for young people, and this could serve as a possible solution for fashion's negative impact. And most importantly, for the next generation of metaverse fashion designers, who are currently priced out of the traditional industry. For them, these digital worlds are limitless opportunities. Opportunities for creativity, for profitable careers, and for building up a community of like-minded digital fashion fans. Is This the Metaverse is a podcast by Digiday Media. This episode was written and reported by Zofia Zviglinska and Sarah Patterson. It was produced by Sarah Patterson and edited by Ben Elman. If you've been enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And feel free to share it with somebody else who doesn't know what the metaverse is. <laughs>